Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. Um, so we are into week two of our Culture Killers series. And uh, how many of you have been enjoying this series so far? Yeah? Awesome. So tonight we are, we're actually going to talk about the pride. The pride. And if you're here tonight and you're like, you know what, maybe this is not my message, pride. I don't deal with pride. I, you know, I'm not prideful. This may well be your message. This may just be what you need to hear, okay? Um, but um, pride, you know, even going through the series Culture Killers, pride is something that, you know, that including everything that we're talking about that we're communicating through this series is those are the things that, if we're not careful, can not only affect our personal lives, but affect our relationships and also our family. So if we're not careful, especially pride, it can push you to be a, a, or turn into the person that God never created you to be. Okay, so with pride, also pride can make you look like a complete fool, all right, like it did to me on my, on my honeymoon. Uh, my wife and I, my beautiful my wife and I, uh, Brittany, we got married three months ago. Um, and yeah, yeah. I don't know where she's at. I was going to say, holla at your boy, you know. Um, yeah, I might get in trouble for this. Let's move on, okay? Um, so, pride got to me when I was on our honeymoon. So, we were on our honeymoon, we were in Mexico, and we decided that we would go on a, you know, and do what what every couple, married couples do, like they go on excursions and do fun stuff. And so we decided that we'd do something that involves the water, because my wife loves the beach. If you know Brittany, you know she's all about the beach. So, and also, I, I'm not saying, you know, if you love the beach, good for you. I'm happy for you. God bless you. But I, I you know, I would be okay without the beach, okay? So we, we're, um, we're on, our, on the boat, you know, we're going, and the first, one of the first things that we're going to do is snorkeling. And she knows, my wife knows that, like, we, I'm not a fan of snorkeling. I've done it before. It's something that, you know, uh, if you love it, you enjoy it, good. And she loves it. She enjoys it. I said, you know what, have fun and stuff. So we decided that we would go. And the instructor came out and said, you know what, I don't think we, were, you know, we could go where we were orig- originally going to go because, um, you know, the water's a little choppy. And where we're going, it was called, I think it was called uh, Coral Reef, which is a very nicer spot where you could go and snorkel and see the nice part of the water, like everything uh, that it involves. And so uh, he came out and said, you know what, we cannot go, unfortunately, but we could either go to another area where we could snorkel. It's still choppy, but not as choppy. So, uh, or we could just forget about snorkeling and go to the next activities and stuff. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this may be a sign from God that we're not supposed to do this. Let's just Forget about this and go to the next activity, okay? Please, thank you. Um, so everyone else, the 17 people, including my wife, said, yeah, we're going to go to the other spot. We're going to go snorkel. Let's go. Let's do it. And I said, all right, I guess that's what we're doing then, you know? So uh, we're on our way there. We got there. And then uh, I know I've done this before. Like, there's not much to snorkeling. The only thing I don't like about it is the fact that I'm not able to breathe through my nose. Like, that's one thing. I'm like, if this is this was created for air to come out of, okay? Anyone say amen? Come on. I, I, I can't handle the fact that I can't breathe out of my nose. You know, this is just like, okay, I, I'm not going to enjoy any activity that just, you know, doesn't involve breathing, you know? So um, it's just not my thing. So we decided that we would 
uh, we would go do it. And I'm like, you know, it's something that I've done before. I got this. I, I can do this. You know, like the instructor is out there telling us all the instructions, everything that we need to know about because it's different because the water is choppy today. So we're going to make sure that you know it before you go into the water. And I'm there, of course, I'm listening, but at the same time, I'm like, this is something I've done before. I don't even know why this guy's trying to tell me and explain everything to me when I already know what's up. You know, so he's still explaining his, you know, it gets to the point where like, does anybody have questions, you know? And everyone's sitting there, including myself, like no one raises their hand because of course he's done, uh, the instructor told him everything. And uh, even if I had questions, ladies and gentlemen, I would not raise my hand. I did not want to be the only guy to be like, yes, I have a question. How do you get in the water? No, that would not be me. So I decided, we decided, okay, we'll go. And so we're getting ready to jump in the water. And there was uh, actually a 10-year-old girl who was amazing, like she was legit. Well, she just got everything uh, ready to go, her snorkel and goggles. She's just get ready to jump. She was in front of me, and uh, and my wife was behind me, okay? So she got ready. She jumped in. Like, the way she went in that water, you would think she's been doing this her whole life. And I know. I was like, man, this girl is killing it. She's amazing. But you know who's better? I am, okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at the girl. I'm like, you know what? I can... I can be a pastor. Come on. You are 10 years old. You shouldn't be this good at snorkeling, okay? So then um, I'm getting ready. So I got my stuff ready, and I'm, I'm getting ready to jump. And it almost, like, it almost felt like somebody pushed me. You know, I don't, I don't think somebody pushed me, but, like, it's almost it, – after I jump, I realized, man, maybe that was a mistake. So I jumped, and I, I immediately felt like I had almost a gallon of salt water in my stomach all of a sudden. And I also uh, realized that I look back at the boat, and my wife's already up there, and my, snor uh, my snorkel and goggles, already they're already down in my neck, like right there. And I'm looking at her like that, and there's snots everywhere. It's like the, the, just the most embarrassing moment of my life. I'm looking back at her. I'm like, I froze. I'm like... And as she's looking back at me, you know, you know, like one of those people, you fall or you get into a situation where, you know, they want to laugh so hard but they don't want to embarrass you. They don't want to make you, feel, make you feel any worse than you've already felt. And they're like, that was my wife. She's standing there. She's like, okay, I'm going to be the you know, encouraging wife that I am. I'm going to make sure that he's good. He's okay. So when I was able to come to my senses, um, I realized, man, like, you know what? Uh, first thing I said to my wife was like, I need to get back on this boat now. And so I went and got up there. So for the rest of the trip, I just sat there uh, and just watched the 10-year-old girl snorkel do her thing, everybody else too. Um, and I said, this is for you guys. You guys were made for this. Enjoy. Um, and But I, realized, I also realized that, man, like, it would have saved me so much time and so much headache, you know, if I, I had I listened to the instructor, right? Had I decided to be like, you know what? I'm going to listen to what this guy's got to say because apparently he knows better than I do. And he also knows what the, the what choppy wa water feels like, you know, so unlike myself. Right. And so uh, today we're speaking of the, the pride. We meet some guy. Uh, uh, it's the young man in the Bible. And he's, he's one of the famous guys in the Bible. He's the rich, young ruler. And he approaches Jesus. Uh, we're going to go and we're going to read this in Mark 10. Verse 17, 22. Um, the, as, as he went out, speaking Jesus, Jesus was on his way to, his, uh, to um, Jerusalem. And this young man came up to, came up to him. And uh, it says here that as he went out into the street, a man uh, came running up, greeted him with, a great, with great reverence, and asked, Good teacher, 
What must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, honor your father and mother. He said, teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. He said, there is one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. Come and come follow me. The man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear, and he, wo- he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. Can we all go in prayer right now? Jesus, thank you so much, God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for tonight. God, we pray that, Lord, that you would show up tonight, Jesus, in a way that would change our lives, God, forever. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that we would leave this place, God, a new person with new hearts, God, new motives, Jesus, knowing that, Lord, that we've encountered you, God. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that you would invade, invade our space, invade our heart tonight, Jesus. Help us, God, to uh, lay down our pride and listen to you, God, and hear from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. So we, know, we see that um, in this Bible uh, story that we just read that the young man approached the, the right instructor, right? If there was an instructor that he needed to listen to, that was Jesus. If there was somebody that uh, he, he could have asked that question, it was Jesus. Jesus was the one that he, he was meant to have this conversation with. He was the one that he was supposed to ask that question. But then he asked the question, did not get, uh, he got a re, uh, an answer, a response, but it wasn't what he was expected, right? Jesus challenged him. Jesus noticed another thing about him. But if you're taking note tonight, I just want you to write down, the first thing I want you to write down is, Pride will keep you from seeing the one thing. It's interesting that the young man had a conversation with Jesus knowing that, you know what, there are, there is, there are things that I've done my whole life, which he said to Jesus, he asked Jesus, how can I get to, you know, how can I get eternal life? And Jesus explained everything. So I mean, this is, well, you know the commandments, right? Don't do this, don't do that. And he goes and said, well, I've done all these things my whole life, right? From my youth, I've kept them all. And Jesus then exposed his one thing. He said, well, there is one thing left. And he knew what it was and said, go, sell whatever you own, give it to the poor. Then now everything you own, your, what do you say? It says that everything he owns now, will then, his wealth will then be his heavenly, his heavenly wealth. So the thing that, the young man, if you notice, that he was willing to surrender some things, but he wasn't willing to surrender everything. And the thing about Jesus is I love that about God, that the thing he does is he knows, and when he, whenever he exposes your, your thing or your one thing, whatever it could be, he doesn't do it to shame you. He does it to give you freedom. Jesus never bring up an issue. He never exposes your struggle. He never uh, make you look bad because he doesn't like you or he hates what you're struggling with or he hates your one thing. He exposes you to one thing because he loves you and also he's also providing freedom alongside of that. This is why in verse uh, 20, the 22nd verse, it says that Jesus looked at, looked at the young man hard in the eye. What did he say? He loved them. 
Before Jesus even exposed his one thing, Jesus made sure he knew that he loved him. And this is the character of Jesus that I love so much is that like even when I feel trapped, even when I feel like I can't hold on anymore, even when I feel like there's, th- this is over, this life is not offering me much, Jesus is there and he knows that I can always count on him and he knows that I can always trust in him. And, he, and I know that whenever he does bring something up, it's because of my own good. It's because he loves me. It's because he cares about me. And, you know, God will discipline his own children, right? So whenever God exposes your one thing, church, it's not to make you feel bad. It's not to make you uh, isolate yourself, right? But it's to bring you closer to him than you've ever been. And by, by doing that, he gives you freedom and you also have peace, Peace in mind, okay? So, and this is why when the young man, Jesus said that to him, and he kind of like, this was not, the Bible says this, is not, this was not what he expected to hear. And as a result, what did he do? He walked away. He let his pride take over so much that he was even willing to walk away from Jesus. And this is what pride would make you do. The second thing I want you to write, you to write down right now is pride well, I will, make, will keep you isolated. Pride will keep you isolated. And the question is to, uh, to you right now tonight is that I don't know what you came in with tonight. I don't know what your personal life is. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what your one thing is. But I know someone who knows, right, someone who knows and that can also give you freedom in light of your situation, freedom in light of whatever it is that, your one thing is. So my question to you tonight is that is what is your one thing? What is the thing that God has been pointing out to you? What is the thing that as I'm speaking, as I'm talking about this, that you know what? I'm, I, I could see it. I could, I could tell that Jesus is actually printing some things out to me, Pastor Rodney. I know. I know what it is. But this is my question to you. What is your one thing? And what are you willing to do? Are you willing to surrender or are you willing to do just as the young men did and what he do, he walked off and isolated himself. And that, that is as a result of pride. So pride will keep you isolated. The young man, the Bible says that the young man, the, his face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and was not about to let go. How many of you just, you just know sometimes it's the, it's just, it feels so much easier to just walk away? It feels so much easier to just isolate ourselves and isolate ourselves from our relationship, isolate ourselves from the people that God put, put in our lives for uh, a specific reason. And not only that, we isolate ourselves from Jesus, right? We, we, we don't even want to come close or any, anything that has anything to do with Jesus. We feel like, man, you know what? I, I feel like I'm going to be exposed. I feel like I'm, I, I'm not supposed to be there. In the meantime, Jesus is like, I just can't wait to have you close. I just can't wait to, for you to come in my presence because I know, I know that this is what you will need. I know for sure this is what you need to hear that I have, free, I have freedom for you, for you and I have freedom for your situation. So the crazy thing is that even Jesus uh, mentions it and, um, and he knows, God knows that whenever we hit situations like that where we know there are things that we're, we're kind of like holding back and we don't want to fully surrender. And this is why Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let me tell you, put, uh, pride will push you to and, and, and will make sure that you're, you feel alone. Pride will leave you to be alone. In the meantime, you know what God says? God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When pride pushes you to feel, he- to feel heavy hearted, just like the young men did, and walk away, you know what Jesus says? I am humble in heart. Right? My yoke is easy. I will give you rest for your souls. You can count on Jesus whenever you face, like, you face things and whenever you go through a situation where you feel like you, you just need to isolate yourself, where you just need to walk away from the situation, where you, you just need to walk away from the people that even God put in your life. Jesus never attended for that to even happen. For when the young man walked away, he walked off. And even some, some of the translations in the Bible says that Jesus actually, his heart, his heart was broken when he walked away. He, he, this is not what Jesus expected either. But his hope was that he would be willing to lay down his pride and say, you know what, Jesus, you're right. This is what I'm going to do. You know what, Jesus, you know what's best for me. You know what I need. And the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to give it. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to make sure you take over. It's funny because not only pride, not only that pride will keep you isolated, but when that happens, whenever we are unwilling to surrender, whatever it is that God is asking us to surrender, we end up trying to carry that one thing, trying to take matters now into our, our own hands, saying that, you know, we were just saying earlier that, you know, it's not, it's no longer my battles, right? It's God's battles. battles. So whenever we decide that we were not going to go into surrender, what we're saying is, I, it's my battle now. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to make sure these things happen. And when it, we have to be careful because whenever we do that too, you know what ends up happening? We now end up working and doing things outside of God's timing. So whenever we take on the pressures of life, whenever we take on whatever it is that, that God is asking you to let him into, we now decide that, you know what, it's my, it's my own battle now, and I'm going to make sure things happen. And God is like, no, slow down. I have a timing. This is my timing. My timing is over there. You don't know when my timing is, but you're rushing things. You're trying to get there faster than I've already established. And just saying, hey, slow down. You don't need to do all that. You can trust in me. You can trust that my timing is perfect. My timing is better. You don't have to walk away. You don't have to isolate yourself. You can trust in me. I will give you rest. And my timing will be there. My timing. Only wait. If you would only wait, not only you would be more, 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 and much more healthier, everywhere, but you'd also be glad, and you'd also be joyful and happy because you waited on God. You didn't try and make it happen. I remember, um, like Pastor Scott said, I uh, was born and raised in Haiti. I moved here when I was about 17 years old. Um, when I moved here, we moved here after the earthquake happened and back in 2010, some of you might remember, and 
we decided, my dad had already been living here, and we decided, he decided that, you know what, this thing happened, and, you know, I want, I want you guys to come here and move, with, uh, move in and live with me here. So uh, my brother, myself, and my younger sister, we moved um, here, and my mom was left. She, she stayed there, and I remember uh, leaving her. That wasn't, like, the best feeling ever. I know we, we were only the ones that could come because she couldn't come. Um, because of paper stuff, and I remember I got here, and I made one thing my goal, like, my, my one goal, if it ever going to be something, is that my, my, my mother would be here, my mother would be here, and, and I know what's going on there, I don't want her there, and I said, God, I want, I want her here, you know, so I came, and I went to high school, and learned English, and I started working, once I was able to work, I was like, man, this is on, I know now I can work, I can try and save, and I will get my mother here and stuff, but I know the whole time, like, God was, like, pretty much whispering and letting me know, hey, this will happen, but it also, it will happen in my timing, like, don't, don't rush things, try, I know, I know what's going on, I know what, what, what she's in, and I know this, her situation, just, you just need to trust in me and wait on my timing. And I felt like God was telling me this all, you know, throughout the time. And it's crazy because, like, every year I would go and I would visit my mother and I would see uh, the situations and I would see what's going on there. And I would see that, you know, that she, will, she need, just needs to get, she just needs to get out of there. And I remember even, even sometimes, like, even here when things would happen and I, we would get phone calls and I would not be able to be there. It, was, it used to be just the worst thing. And so, and I'm like, you know what, God, like, I know, I know I should be waiting on you, on you, but this, you don't know what's going on. You don't understand, right? Like, you don't, you don't see what I see. This is, this is the pride in me again, talking and saying, like, you know what, God, I, I can do this. I, I need to do this. I, so I ended up just, like, working and taking on multiple jobs and just working and trying to make it happen, trying to make it happen, trying to make it happen. And then to eventually get, we got uh, an apartment, my siblings and I, and we weren't able to, Again, on my, uh, you know, trying to do it on our own. We weren't able to keep the apartment, and so we lost the apartment. And not only that, like, I had one week to find a place, and it was just me now at this point. And then we're like, what, what's going on? And I remember, like, just reading, sitting in my car, and I'm asking, I'm like, God, what's going on? You know, like, this is, this is what, we've, what I've, I've been working for. This, this, is, this is it. She was supposed to be coming into this apartment that we got. This is where she was going to be with us. And I remember just seeing in the car, I was so hurt. I was so tired. And I was like, God, just sobbing. And, and, and I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, God, I don't understand why. And all of a sudden, I just felt his peace. I just felt his presence in the car. And, 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 and I just knew at that moment, I just needed to surrender. I needed, and not only in that time, too, like, it affected my relationships because I was never at things. I was never at connect groups. I couldn't do anything that even involved the church sometimes. I was just kind of like doing things at my, my own, uh, doing things on my own and trying to make things happen. And I, I felt his peace in the car, and I said, God, I, you know what? I'm sorry. I just need to surrender. This is your battle. It, it, it was never meant to be mine. God, you, this, is, this was supposed to be yours. Now you take it over, God. Now you make it happen. Now you're the one that's going to, it's going to be on your timing now. You know what? I'm sorry that I, that I try to make it happen on my own. But God, you take it over now. You are the one that's going make to it, make it happen. You're the one that's going to turn it around. And sure enough, three years later, that was three years ago. Three years later, guess who's here? Not, not just visiting. She's here permanently. She's now, she is now 
And well, yeah, my mother's here actually, second row. Second row. And the amazing thing is this, this is what God will do when we wait. This is what God would do when we work according to his timing. When we say, God, you know what? I no longer want to be prideful about whatever my one thing is, but I want to hand it over to you. I, don't know, I no longer want control of this situation, of my own situation, but God, Jesus, you now have control of it. You take it, you take it over. You do what you do best. You show me the way. Whenever God exposes whatever our one thing is, it's, it's never to hurt us. It's never meant to harm us, but to bring us freedom, but to bring us uh, uh, peace and make sure that we're good, that we can rely on him. And, and God, if anybody wants to make it happen for you, it's God, because he wants you to trust in him. Like if, and, and I know now, God, if you did this before, you can do it again. And if God did it in my life, I want you to know that God can do it in your life as well. So whatever it is that one thing is, I don't know if it's, man, I'm, I'm, I don't know who I'm speaking with tonight, but I don't know what, what the one thing is. I don't know what you came in with tonight. I don't know if it's, if it's even anxiety or depression or, or, or pressure. Whatever you feel tonight, I want you to know that God is here. And Jesus is ready to give you freedom in your situation. He's ready to give you freedom in whatever that one thing is. But I want you to know that he cannot do it unless you surrender. He cannot do it unless you say, God, you take it over. God, it is now going to happen in your timing. It's not about my timing anymore. God, I'm tired. Holy Spirit, I'm tired of doing it on my own. But Jesus, you know, Jesus, you can do it. You can make it happen. It's crazy because I remember I got on a plane I'm a mess right now. I remember I got on a plane and I went to Haiti. I went to Haiti to get mom. Oh gosh. Oh. I went to Haiti to get mom. And it's crazy because from when I surrender, God not only provided in so many ways, like financially, God made it happen. I didn't even pay for our plane tickets. More than one people came up to me and said, Rodney, how can, we, how can we provide to that? How can we pay for your plane? We won't even pay for our plane tickets. But this is what God will do. And I remember I got there, even on the way, on the way there, I'm on the airplane, and I'm like, oh, God, this is about to happen. Oh, Lord, Jesus, thank you. And I'm so excited. And um, I got there, and, you know, we, we, we spent a few days there, and then we're about to come back. I said, on our way, and I said, Mom, are you... Are you can you believe this is about to happen? You waited so long for this. You spent almost eight years, actually eight years at the time. Eight years not seeing your kids, not having any interactions with your kids a lot of times. Can you believe this is about to happen? And mom looked at me and she said, I can't. I still can't, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe that this is happening. And I remember sometimes I'm like, I've prayed for this so long. I've tried to make it happen so many times. But Jesus, Jesus is the one making this happen, Ma. And then she, and then she, uh, I was trying to encourage her. And we got on the plane. We came. And then we got here. And then we're like, you know what? 
mom, we had a layover in Florida, I believe, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and then we got in the airport and we're like, ma, like, this is, you're in America now, ma. Like, this is it, you know? Like, and I, I, we're like, we sat down and we're like, ma, why don't you, why don't you come, we get something to eat, you know? And, and I don't remember what we got really, like, maybe like some salad or like uh, McDonald's or something like that. And, you know, she's like eating and I'm like, ma, how do you like it? She's like, I'm loving it. And I said, <laughs> and, I <laughs> and I said, Ma, this is what God will do. This is what God will do. And it's crazy because there's nothing wrong with working and trying and make it happen. But, like, but ev- there's, everything is right when you try and do it in God's timing. When you don't let pride take over, when you don't let pride push you. To be alone, we don't let pride push you to isolate yourself. But you're like, you know what? I'm not going to get pushed. Jesus, I'm going to rely on you. Whatever my situation is, God, I want you to know that I can hand it over to you without hesitation. And when the more we do that, let me tell you, I guarantee you, you'll begin to see the, the hand of God moving in your life. You begin to see him making miracles happen. And this is why we say this battle is not our own battle. It's God's battle. He's the one that's going to make it happen. He's the one that's going to do it. Anything that we have, Jesus is saying, hand it over. I will do it. I will make it happen. Don't you just love how God works? He's just so good. He's so good. And this is my last, my last point. If you're not careful, when you isolate yourself, when pride keeps you away from knowing what the one thing is, if you're not careful, pride will keep you from being a blessing to others. The young man, he missed out on what Jesus was trying to communicate to him because Jesus told him, now, Jesus wasn't saying, go get your life right. Go get whatever, you know, go get everything situated and they come follow me because that's never Jesus's message. Jesus's message is come as you are. I am the perfecter. I am the one that's going to uh, uh, free you. That's going to give you freedom from your sins and whatever it is. Jesus wasn't telling him to go and do that. Jesus was actually giving him an opportunity to know what his heavenly purpose is. Jesus told him, go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. Right? He said, go sell whatever you own, give it to the poor. Now, we know his issue was money. He was very wealthy and stuff, but the whole message is not beyond the money. It's, we're looking beyond that now. The whole message is that be, he was holding back, and the Bible says he was not about to let go. And as a result, his pride made him walk away, and he missed out on even his heavenly purposes. Jesus says, go. Go sell whatever you own. And this is, we all know it. Whenever we try and gather, we try and make, it, make things happen on our own, Whenever we take matters into our own hands, what we do is we fill we'll full up our, both our hands and we walk around and we can't even help somebody else. We can't even give anyone else a helping hand because we know both of our hands are busy now. Because if we let go, and we're afraid to let go. And as a result, God is saying, you know what? You're holding on tight. You're not about to let go. And as a result, guess who's missing out on your blessing? And sometimes it's right in front of us. Sometimes the person is right there. And, and we're missing out on the big picture. We're missing out on God's heavenly purposes. It's not, 
It's not about all that. We weren't just created. We weren't just born to just live for ourselves. We weren't just born to just do this life and then get to the retirement time and then that's it. No. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. I know. And I have a heavenly purpose just for you. And it's very specific. It's very unique. This is what Jesus is saying. And he's saying, I love you. And if you're here tonight, whatever that one thing is, and I know like I've said before, Jesus, before he even exposes it, he knows and he loves you before he even does it. And it's insane what it says here in Romans 8, Romans 8, 37. It says this, it says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Whatever your one thing is tonight, I want you to know, I have good news for you because that will never separate you from the love of God. Jesus says he loves you regardless. He loves you even when you think he was, you, were, you were far away from him. He loves you even when you know you messed up. He loves you even when you're at your worst. The Bible says, do you know that the Bible says that while we were still sinners, he died for us. So if you're here tonight and you're feeling guilt, you're feeling shame, I want to tell you that Jesus did it. He's done it already. He died on the cross. He said, hand it over. All you need to do is surrender. That's what Jesus says. And we don't want to hold on, we don't tight to whatever it is. We want to let Jesus in. And my prayer for you tonight is that you would leave this place changed. You would leave this place knowing that, you know what, God? You are in control now. All I had to do was say, God, there it is. This is yours. Could everyone stand? If you're here tonight, with every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here tonight, you're like, you know what, Pastor Rodney, I heard your message. And, and I know God is speaking to me. If you're here tonight, you're like, you know what, Pastor Rodney, I'm willing. I'm willing to say, Jesus, take over. I'm willing to say, God, I surrender. God, this is your battle. It's no longer my battle. If that is you, on the count of three, I just want you to know that before you even know it, God loves you. And this is a decision that you're making that would declare that God, you are now in control. God, you are now the one that's going to make it happen. You are now the one that's going to make a way. It's no longer about me. It's about you. If that is you tonight, all you need to do is raise your hand on one, three, two, one. Come on. Hands all over this place. Amen. Hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. All right. You could, okay. Awesome, awesome. You can put your hands down. All right. This one is for the person who's here. If you're here tonight 
and you know and you hear, you hear this guy randomly talking about Jesus and you don't know who this Jesus is. And I want to tell you that he is here tonight, that he knows you, he recognizes you, he knows your heart, and he's the one for you. And if you're here tonight, you know what? I want to know who this guy is that I'm talking about. If this is you tonight on the count of three, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. He wants you to know that he attended for you to be here tonight. That it's not by accident that you're here tonight. It's because he knows that he has something ready and prepared for you. And he knew you were going to be here right now. If this is you, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Good job. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Can we go in prayer? We're going to, and this prayer is going to be a prayer of surrender, a prayer that we say, Jesus, it is now your battle. Jesus, I have accepted you, and I know you're my Savior. Could everyone just repeat after me as we pray this? Jesus, I love you. Tonight, I want you to know that I'm willing to give my one thing. I'm willing to surrender everything. God, I want you to open my heart. And I want you to change my heart. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.